I'm really excited about tonight. Um, actually, to be really honest, I was not very excited about tonight until about today. Um, <laughs> but um, I was feeling quite like Jonah, actually, and I really wanted to run, but then I didn't want something to have to come and gobble me up and sit three days in some belly somewhere, you know. So I decided to be obedient um, to, and come and share the word that the Lord gave me. And um, I am just, I feel really blessed to be in this house. And because uh, there's something about being in a smaller body. And I, I mean, not saying I don't, I want the church to grow and, and everything, but, um, and we are growing. But there's something about being planted in, in a church like this where there's opportunities for people that you don't always get when you're in a church of 5,000 or 10,000. And uh, so I'm really, really excited to have this opportunity, and I'm glad that um, it's a Wednesday night and uh, everything. So I'm a little nervous, so I'm going to breathe and calm down. So uh, I was thinking to myself the other day, and I was pondering I say the other day, but really, it's been my whole life. Um, and what, and I'm, the question I always ask myself is, what are the things I can do and we can do to be great in God's kingdom? And so I'm like, okay, there's the basics. I can read my Bible. I can pray. I can, I can do things like that. But then the question arose, and I said, okay, I think everyone wants to be great, God. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't want to be great. I mean, who wants to live a mediocre life, right? I don't want to just be a mediocre person. I want to be a great person. But how can we be our greatest in God's kingdom? How can we be greatest in God's kingdom? And so I've studied that, and the, the answer is serve. And I'm sure everybody knows that here. But Mark 10.43 says, Whoever desires to be great among you must first be your servant. And um, I, actually, I was talking to Anne about teaching tonight and everything, and, and she goes, I have a really great idea for an illustrated sermon, and I was like, really? You have a good idea for an illustrated sermon? I was so excited, and so I, um, I said, come on, give me, give me an idea, and she goes, okay, because some of you might not know, but I clean the church, and I have some people who come and help me, but um, uh, Cherish and my, my little sisters come, but she said, you can tell everybody to be greatest in God's kingdom is to be a servant, right? So here, you're going to clean the bathrooms, you're going to start vacuuming, you're going to go out to the fellowship hall and sweep and give everybody an assignment. And I was like, wow, that would actually be really cool because the church would get done in like 20 minutes. And uh, <laughs> I was like, that's the best idea of an illustrated sermon I have ever heard. Um, I almost took her up on that offer, and I uh, was like, well, that would that'd be quite an illustration. I remember all of her illustrated sermons. I was telling her the other day, so I remember when you taught the one with the backpack, and it was titled, Why Are Things So Hard? And, and then you had a big banquet table out there, and, and talking about getting, your, your, um, getting fed on your own time and by your, doing it yourself, you know, not always having a feast from somebody else. And, um, and so I was like, an illustrated sermon's always really good, but you guys, I don't have one unless you guys want to clean the church. So um, uh, <laughs> that's the only illustration that, that came up in our minds. But um, anyways, just a little funny story. So I hear a lot of people talk about life, your life statement. What's your life statement? What's your life mantra? What do you live by? And it's kind of been a joke growing up and, and being me. And um, I always kind of joke like, I only live to serve. 
I only live to serve. I live to serve, and I, I kind of joke, and it's almost a sarcastic thing sometimes. But um, studying the scriptures and then reading um, Mark 20 through 11, which is similar to Mark 10:43, Matthew 20 through 11, is the greatest among you will be your servant. And I, I thought about it and, and was like, well, that's not really that, that bad of a mantra to have in a life statement that I only live to serve. So um, I decided I'm going to keep that one until I die, <laughs> that I only live to serve. Um, uh, let's see here. One more quick little story to kind of just lay a little foundation here, and you guys can get to know me a little bit. I know you know me on Sundays, and you get to see, like, that part of me, but I'll share a childhood story. Um, when I was growing up, uh, my mom raised us to serve, which is an excellent gift she's given us. Now that I'm older, I realize it. Uh, but there was a, it's called Salty the Songbook. It's this big blue Bible singing thing, and it's television, and it's uh, movies that you can watch with your kids and put them on. So we always watch Salty the Songbook. But there was this little character in Salty the Songbook, and her name was Charity Church Mouse. And she was my favorite. And I loved Charity Church Mouse. And uh, she wanted to be a singing star. And um, so Charity Church Mouse comes to Salty, and she wants to be a, a singing star, but he teaches her about being a servant. And um, she has this song that she sings that the lyrics have ministered to me since I was four years old. And I just wanted to read them to you guys. I won't sing them to you guys, but I will read them. Um, ha, 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 no. Um, but the lyrics are, I tried to sing my song on my own, but then I found out I was singing alone. Then Jesus sang with me. We sang in harmony. Now I'm singing his song. Ooh, I'm singing his song. Jesus put a song in my heart. He turned my life around. He gave me a treasure, the heart of a servant. Jesus put a song in my heart, a joyful melody that sings of his wonderful love. And the line there that I always will sing is that he gave me a treasure, the heart of a servant. And so that's kind of what I just want to share tonight. And um, so the proverb that I found and that Anne helped me find is Proverbs 14.35. And it's the king's favor is toward a wise and discreet servant, but his wrath is against him who does shamefully. And so with that said, I want you to go to Genesis 39, verse 1, and we're going to talk a little bit about Joseph. Um, Verse 1 says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was, from the time that he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. And um, Joseph, in all the struggles that he had, he was still able to serve his master. And amazingly, his master wasn't even a godly man. We think about it, it was an Egyptian man. So this man served false gods. He didn't serve 
the one and only God, but yet Joseph found favor in his eyes, and Joseph found favor in his eyes because he was willing to humble himself and serve. And Joseph really, you guys, I, I really believe his struggle with humbling himself and serving with that kind of attitude was a, probably a big thing, I would imagine, because Joseph, God gave him dreams of his family bowing to him. He gave him prophetic dreams of him being great. And, uh, but yet, he didn't show him how it was going to happen and how he was going to have to humble himself and serve uh, really an ungodly man. And yet, he was able to do that, and he found favor in this man's eyes. Um, so I thought that was just amazing. Um, so Proverbs eleven twelve, When swelling and pride come, then emptiness, emptiness and shame come also. But with the humble, those who are lowly, who have been pruned and chiseled by trial and renounced self, are skillful and um, have godly wisdom and soundness. And so those that are willing to renounce themselves, they become skillful in godly wisdom. And Proverbs 29, 23 says, A man's pride will bring him low, but he who is of a humble spirit will obtain honor. So I know Joseph in all of his hopes and for, for the future of what he thought probably at the time was going to happen, and then he gets sold into slavery and everything, he was able to humble himself, and even in the midst of an ungodly man, he was able to obtain honor. And so I know, especially for those of us, I don't have this problem, um, praise God, but who have to serve under a boss who's ungodly and who doesn't love the Lord and doesn't know um, God. Be, when we humble ourselves, we can still obtain honor, even in, in, in that kind of atmosphere. And so that's an encouragement I'm sure a lot of us can, can take home. It's, a, it's an exciting thing. Um, let's see here. Psalms 25.9. He leads the humble in what is right, and the humble he teaches his way. And also Psalms 147.6. The Lord lifts up the humble and downtrodden. He casts the wicked down to the ground. Um, so I love that he, he leads the humble in what is right, and the humble he teaches his way. And uh, I have a funny story of, of having to humble yourself and, and being humble. It's actually not about me, um, so hopefully I don't get in trouble for sharing it. But it's about my little sister, Victoria. And when we were younger, we used to clean the church. And... Um, my dad, an amazing servant, all the time, um, when he was associate pastor, that was part of his job description was janitorial. And so we would come down every week, the whole family, and we would clean together. And um, so one day, Victoria is cleaning, and we're cleaning bathrooms, and we're, she's probably nine, and she walks out into the, the men's bathroom, and she's just singing a song really, really loud at the top of her lungs. She opens the, men ba the men's bathroom door, not knowing that Bishop Rogers in there using the men's room. She swings open the door. She's singing all loud, and he's like, <clears throat> I'm in here, I'm in here, and she runs, and she cries. But um, she, <laughs> it's just a funny uh, story of being humble, having to be humble, and uh, embarrassed, and, um, uh, but God taught her through that to not sing and clean at the same time. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, not really. But um, now she's up in Oregon and doing amazing things and blossoming into the, the, the young lady that God's intended her to be, and it's incredible. Um, 
And another word, I love this, for servant is minister. And so when we're serving, we're ministering, whether it's, it's at home or at work or at church or school or wherever it's at, we're ministering. And uh, I just think that's so awesome. And the ultimate servant, the one that we must pattern our life after, of course, is Jesus. And uh, Matthew 20 28 says, Just as the Son of Man came not to be waited on, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many, the price paid to set them free. So Jesus, the God in the flesh, he came to serve. And and I, I was thinking, I was like, Lord, you you're God, and, and you came to serve. How would I ever think in my own mind that I am too good to pick up a piece of trash or to stack a chair or to do something simple when you came to serve and you laid down your life in every aspect he laid down his life he laid down his life for all of us and another scripture um, Luke 22 26 and 27 but this is not to be so with you on the contrary Let him who is the greatest among you become like the youngest, and him who is chief and leader like one who serves. For who is greater than the the one who reclines at the table, the master, or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I, Jesus, am in your midst as the one who serves. And so that we would be like that, like Jesus, in the midst of people as the one who serves. Not, we don't go to be served but we go with hearts that want to serve others and that are always looking to serve and to serve Jesus. And um, there's a scripture that I really liked. It's 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2, um, and it's talking talking to um, the apostles. It says, So then let us apostles be looked upon as ministering servants of Christ and stewards, trustees of the mysteries, the secret purposes of God. Moreover, it is essentially required of stewards that a man, be, a man be found faithful, proving himself worthy of trust. So even the little things that we do, it's required that we should be found faithful. It's not, it's not an extra thing to be found faithful. It's, it's a requirement. So in our service, to be found faithful, no matter what it is, no matter what we're doing, to be found faithful. It's a requirement. That is so crazy. It's not an extra thing. You know, sometimes you do things, and you're like, wow, like, that, was, that was really good. And then you read stuff like that, and you go, oh, it's, it's required. <laughs> Dang it. Like, I thought I did something really grand, you know, and no. No, it, it's a requirement. Um, I love that. Let's see here. So, how do we serve? We first serve God, of course. In John 12, I'm giving you guys a lot of scripture here, sorry. <laughs> John 12, 26. If anyone serves me, he must continue to follow me, to keep, cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living and, if need be, in dying. And wherever I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Amen. Um, so God... Oh, I'm skipped one. Acts, one more, you guys. Acts 26, 16 through 18. But arise and stand fast upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, that I might appoint you to serve as my minister and to bear witness both to what you have seen of me and to that in which I will appear to you, 
choosing you out, selecting you for myself, and delivering you from among this people and the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light, and the power of God and the power of Satan to God, so that they may thus receive forgiveness and release from their sins and a place and portion among those who are consecrated and purified by faith in me. God has chosen us, just like he did Paul and the apostles, to come out and be separate. We're to serve God and be willing to do whatever he asks us to do. Even when it seems hard and difficult, he's always with us and he'll never leave us. And we can put our trust in him that when we obey and serve him joyfully, we will be blessed. And um, I always remember the scripture that I know you all know, but he's the potter, we are the clay. And so today I was praying and, and, and I was just like, God, you're are the potter. I'm the clay. He literally, if there's one thing wrong, he can break it. To- he can break it completely. Yeah. And I was thinking about pottery and I was like, well, you really can't break a part of it off and then redo it. Really, when, when one little thing's wrong, you kind of have to redo the whole thing. If there's a crack down the side, you kind of have to start over. And so I was like, God, if you, if you, if there, whatever's wrong in me, Lord, just break it, break me, break it off of me, redo it completely, Lord. And um, so we serve God, and then we serve people, right? Yes. Galatians 5, 13 and 14. For you, brethren, were indeed called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom be an incentive to your flesh and an opportunity or excuse for selfishness. But this, the word is so like... Wow, okay. But through love, you should serve one another. For the whole law concerning human relationships is complied with in, is com, I can't read right now. It's complied with in the one pre- precept. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. And so my prayer is, I know probably none of this, I'm actually like kind of done. But um, <laughs> we're already through my notes. But my prayer is that I know this probably nothing was new that was said to you. You've probably read all the scriptures and heard everything in there. But that something, if it's not already there, and an and attitude to serve and to love people and to serve God with everything that's in you, that, that God would light something inside of us tonight that would spur us on to be greater <clears throat> and to want to be the greatest in God's kingdom. And that requires laying our life down for our friends and laying our life down for those around us. Um, but that, that is my prayer, that, that, that we would be like that kind of people. And so, Father, I just come to you right now, Lord Jesus, as your humble servant, God. And, Father, I ask, Lord, that you would help us to be those that are willing to lay our lives down completely, Lord, in every area of our lives to serve you and to be of service to you, God, and that in our service we would be found faithful in all that we do, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that if there are any hindrances that would want to hold us back, God, from being completely and unto you, Father, that this night, Lord, you would break it off of us, Lord Jesus, and we would be able to walk in a new way tonight, God, that we would not leave the same way that we came, Father, but that we would leave as ones who are wanting to be your servants, called to go out to the people, Father, to to share your name and to share your gospel, God, so that people can be set free from bondage 
challenges that have held them down for years, God. I thank you, Father, for giving us eyes that are not looking inward any longer, God, but are looking outside of ourselves, Lord, that we can see those that are lost and those that are dying and those that need you, Jesus, that we would not go one day without taking the opportunity, Father, to just encourage somebody in your name, Father, and to just bless them, God, and to share your word with them, Father. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God. I thank you, Father, for giving us new hearts, God, for your people, Lord, that you came to serve, God. So we have come to this earth to serve just like you, Father. We pattern our lives after the Most High. And so we will live a life of servanthood, God. Even if that means having to do the things we dislike, God, we will do it because we love you. And because it's a requirement for us to do, Lord Jesus. 